score in eight minutes? Steve Ballmer's like, I could have bought a better team than this shit. <laughs> you really hit the side of the back. Pull up. Yeah, it's okay. Hell no. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> 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 it's a bro. It is grow, bro. It is grow. <laughs> Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. Can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink winking like. <laughs> On basketball and other shenanigans. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't have that clutch connection. I have a job to do. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best. I say, hey, I say, hey, yo, Jermichael, he turns around. I'm like, you know Lakers coming for that ass this year, right? Uh-huh. Eddie Sun. Some voters just like to be contrarian, you know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because they like to be contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like Eddie gonna be the type to be like MVP, James Harden. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers, but we are against those analytics to analytics. And Julio Martinez. Braun just frustrates me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. You've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juiced for it. Bro, just score the ball. Everybody just thinks I'm a hater. That is blasphemous. And and, and you know what's that reminiscent of? That was, you know, MVP Steph season. Oh, right? here we go. He was getting here we go. A game. All right, y'all. It's been a great episode. Fourth quarter. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball ball. Welcome back to a very, very special episode of Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, and let's get it, rolling. Let's go! Let's get it! The Los Angeles Clippers went down tonight. Seven-game series. Denver Nuggets pulled it out. Excuse my French, but fuck the Clippers. You know, there's a time never cuss on this podcast. It's now. Yeah, only no punches. Nah, nah. And you know why? Because arrogance is a motherfucker, man. And that arrogance, what I've been saying all season, y'all, you cannot turn that switch on and off. It's either on and it stays on or you don't have the switch. And clearly tonight, when everything was on the line for the Clippers, they didn't have a switch to go to. Because they, they, they refused to turn it on during the season. Unless, of course, they were playing the Lakers. And even then, I had my doubts because they really beat the Lakers on, on certain runs that happened within games. But at no point was that team ever full go. And it showed. It, it simply showed tonight, man. It showed. I mean, it, it was it was one of the most satisfying games I've ever watched. The fourth quarter, uh, like Eddie mentioned, was one of the, some of the ugliest basketball I've ever seen. But it's, you know, it was so pleasing to me. Both teams were playing horrendous in the fourth quarter. But they let him come back, and it's all on them. They had they had leads in the last three games that they lost to the Nuggets. That's all on them. It's it's all on Kawhi. You know, even though I you know I, I said he's the best player, or whatever. Um, he he needs to receive that same energy that LeBron gets. So mm. yeah, th- there it is. That was some of the most pathetic basketball. Pathetic. I, mm, I like that. I think I've ever seen. Anyone that My phone's comes close. Pardon the disrespect. 
distraction <laughs> is um when the Clippers blew that other three one lead to Houston when they let Josh Smith come back on them. But they didn't have the expectation of this Clippers squad. And they didn't have the overwhelming talent and weren't the overwhelming favorites. And for them to just be so apathetic is like crazy. Um and this is coming from me who thought, like, okay, they're just going to snooze through the regular season, maybe the first round. Um, you'd think that at some point their backs would be against the wall and that, you know, it's like human instinct to, you know, fight get back. up. Right, yeah, exactly. Fight back. And w- one of the most telling things for me <laughs> watching this team, as you, as you see guys... When, when, when they start grasping that the season's over, right? Two minutes left, you're down by 20. This thing's happening. You don't see frustration. You don't see anger. It's lethargy. Dudes are just, Kawhi's just sitting down. Paul George is just sitting down, taking sips of water. The passion that you need to take you over the hump against some of these very, very talented Western Conference teams, it simply was not there. That team came in, lost the 3-1 lead, and walked off like it was regular. That they clearly, it was surprising to me at first, right? I was shocked that they didn't have a little bit more energy for losing. But when you really think about the fact that the Clippers never really seem to have a whole lot of energy this entire season, they thrive exclusively off of their talent. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. They did not care enough. I mean, this whole thing is on uh, Kawhi and uh, Doc Rivers. I mean, at, at a certain point. You just you you have to take over and, and Doc. I I know he's more of a player's coach. He doesn't like to show that you know he he's nervous or you know freaking out or anything. But I mean, this happened once game game uh, five. You you don't let it happen again. You I don't I don't care if you have to yell at your team. You whatever you have to do, you got to get them riled up. But I feel like he's always just clapping and clapping and clapping. And I told you guys this during the game. I feel like. It would be surprising to a lot of people, but I'm I wouldn't be surprised at all if he if he's fired if he's fired. Mm-hmm. He's six and eight in game seven. That that's terrible. That's terrible. It, it, especially considering the teams he's had. That's bad. That's so bad. Yeah, man. Yeah, as the leadership, right? When we talk about leadership in sports, the the guys that that team was looking to. Doc Rivers and Kawhi Leonard, specifically Kawhi Leonard. That was the guy who came to the Clippers, who brought Paul George with him. They spent all this draft capital to go create this team, right? Kawhi is the guy. And when you set the tone that I play when I feel like playing, I'll sit when I feel like sitting. Um, And, you know, it's great that, you know, he has this like robot stigma where he doesn't waver emotionally. But when you set a tone that is... It's borderline lethargic, like I said. When you set that sort of tone as a leader, it, it, it disseminates to the rest of the team, and you see the product that we saw. Is the, the guys just simply did not care enough. And Denver, on the other hand, and I don't want to make this exclusive about the Clippers because the Denver had, they had a hell of a series. Denver cared such a great deal, and you could see that in their play. Defensively, on it with the rotations. Playing with house money, they gave so much more fucks than the um, than the Clippers did, and it showed, man. Passion. You think you think it's time we have the Kawhi might be overrated discussion? No, because clearly as a leader, right? Him, well, I mean, him, I'm just him, talking about his play on the court, though. But even then, um, in years past, he's been able to take a supporting cast with a lot of uh, great players, good players on it. Um, and but he was also supported by like really good coaching 
and a really good system. And he ditched all of that because he wanted the independence. He wanted the kind of um, like player empowerment that LeBron kind of enjoys, or he, he at least wanted to bite off a chunk of it. So he comes to the Clippers and he essentially creates this team for himself. And this is like what it amounts to. Um, clearly, he's just not fit enough to lead a team. And even though he had amazing, talented teammates around him, um, couldn't get them to care enough, really, to to have a good series, to, yeah. to be good. And, and, and you know, I, I, no one should blame any of the role players. Like, e- even though, you know, we say that Montrez, Lou Will haven't been the same since, you know, entering back into the bubble. I mean, that's no excuse. That That's zero excuse. You guys have too much talent, and, and I don't want to hear any of it. It's not on the role players. It's on the top players. It's on playoff P, and it's on Kawhi Leonard mostly. I mean, when you look at Kawhi's history, right, he goes to San Antonio. At no point while he's in San Antonio, he's the best player now, but he's not the leader of that team. He's not the guy who sets the tone. That's Greg Popovich. He goes to Toronto. He's the best player on that team, but at no point is he the guy who has to set the tone. That's Kyle Lowry. This is the first time in his career where it's been, we're looking to you, Kawhi. You're the guy who sets the tone for the rest of the team. And he set a tone that, I'll say it for the last time, lethargic. He set a lethargic tone, and it bled through. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, PG's another one of those guys who, you know, I wouldn't really label as a good or great leader either. I, I just feel like he's a again. I, I think he's one of those guys who you know he'll he'll stand behind a Kawhi and like pump his chest, you know, really hard. So I feel like he's just gonna mimic and do whatever Kawhi does. So it's not that Kawhi you know acts cool. It's just that he doesn't really talk much. So I, I feel like in that locker room, you know, just like you guys said, PG's doing the same thing. He's quiet. Lou Will's doing his own thing. You know, he's he's a vet. Pat Bev is just talking mess and. No one listens to him. Montrez is doing the same thing. Landry Sham is just staying quiet. Uh, Zubats is just staying quiet. So, you know, uh, to, to Reagan's point, I mean, it's, you know, no real, you know, in syncness or chemistry. I'm wondering, is this like the real most hated team you feel like in the last maybe like in recent memory? No, that's y'all. That, that was that's Warriors. the Warriors. That was I don't, Warriors. I don't, no, it's definitely. <laughs> I know. I, I don't think players and and, and like. Oh, from a player it, standpoint or a fan standpoint. Well, I think fans did not like. Some oh, fans did not like the Clippers play, because a, they don't mess with, um, you know, how the Clippers carry themselves. Mm-hmm. You know that arrogance, but that's something that was so obvious that um, it's one thing I think when the Warriors were like so good and so arrogant. But the Clippers this year nah. were like so middling. They're they're on a different level, yeah. And From so arrogant. Point. And yeah. you can see on Twitter that you know Damon and CJ are like going in on yeah. them, and you know it seems like the players did not mess with um, the the Clippers as much as a lot of the fans do, and it's just it's it's almost surprising to me because I didn't think it'd be this strong. It's not to me because you know what they were doing to all of these teams. They were going in, not caring, beating them by 20 points. And then in the fourth quarter, when they're up by 20, Montrez Harrow and Patrick Beverly are clapping in their face. That shit is annoying. I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't. i be yeah. doing the same thing if I was a player, man. I don't want to deal with that. You're annoying. Yeah. And, and again, you haven't earned anything at this point. This is purely off of the talent you've cultivated. And for you to carry yourself with that level of arrogance, having not done anything, I think that's the difference with the Warriors, right? The Warriors got to a point where they won. They won 73 games. They won championships. Then they started getting a little bit cocky with it. Um, the Clippers had that level of arrogance 
possibly even more without having accomplished a damn thing. Yeah. And that's irritating as a Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, they were going to get past the Nuggets, you know, enough to just get up for the Lakers, uh, which, you know, seemed to be their goal this season. Just beat the Lakers and, and embarrass them as much as we can. We don't really care about anything else. And I thought, you know, that would be enough to get by, but obviously not. Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic especially had something to say about that. And, yeah. we, should, and we should talk about the Thank Nuggets you. for yeah. sure. Because Jokic just obliterated the Clippers this series. And we knew that there was a weakness in the Clippers' defense. Um, they didn't have size. Interior defense, yeah. Um, especially with Zubac not being able to play more minutes. Um, they don't, they're not confident in playing more minutes. And any minute that Montrez Harrell was out there was pretty much a negative. Can we squander the idea that he's a good defender now, please? Like, people still think that. People still think Montrez is a good defender. To be fair, it's Jokic. Um... He's just not going to match up well against Jokic. I mean, the thing is, he's not going to match up with any truly talented big, whether that's Jokic, whether that's Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid. I don't think he can hold any of those dudes. He's just a little bit more physical than the average center might be, but that doesn't make him any more of a good defender. And clearly that showed. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like the narrative that he's a, he's a good defender. Well, I mean, we should talk about Jokic as a guy who... Um, and, we, and we don't think of players like him as... Um, like a ballsy guy, but he steps it up consistently in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then in the playoff games that are do or die, steps it up even more. And there's just a certain quality of his game that is so methodical and and, and so smart that um, especially in the playoffs, it's such like an amazing tool on offense when, you know, he can dominate the one-on-one post-ups um and if you bring a double he can read the floor with such precision and deliver it to the right guy at the right time and you know make all the right plays that i think you know there was a lot of doubters of denver before i mean i know julio you were one right Mm -hmm. but i think there's something that they proved for sure whether it was the fight um whether it was like their execution um whether it was the talent that they have um that can grow even further Mm -hmm. because they're so young um, this th- this team is like it, is yeah. really good. If this game or this series especially proved anything, you know, to me about Denver, it's that they play better when they're from behind. Uh, e- even in mm. this game when they were ahead, I mean, it was just like I said. I mean, it was atrocious basketball watching yeah. it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, they're obviously very talented. I just don't think they have enough yet. And. Obviously, they're still growing. They're they they've outperformed you know my expectations. Uh, you know, obviously, especially Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, as we've talked about you know to extensively. Jamal Murray's is has stepped up to a different level this you know this postseason and in the bubble. But yeah, uh, I'm not ready to step on the bandwagon yet. Okay, so earlier, like a couple, maybe like a month back. I had a tweet of all the guys that I thought were superstars in the NBA, and I had Jokic on there. And since then, I've kind of walked back on him because he had some lackluster performances. But I'm wondering, does this at least elevate him to, you know, knocking on the door of superstar in your in your guys' mind? I'm more so thinking about should we think of him as an offensive weapon on the likes of a Steph or a LeBron or a Harden? That would make him a superstar in my mind. If you, if sure. He's that type of dude. It, it, it depends what your definition of superstar is. It, my the definition best. is, can you be the best player on a championship team? Yes. And I, I, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Hmm. I'm just more so thinking about um, his offensive game and 
Um, and, and I know there's so there's going to be so many overreactions spewing out within the next you know 12, 24 hours after this game. But um, again, just the the skills that he brings as um, as a scorer, as a passer, as a distributor, all of that is something that I think defenses truly at this point they've exhausted their game plans against him and I think you can say that he's kind of unstoppable on the end and and that's mm. that that's for for a player like that's that's so rare also to be fair to him uh I thought he played atrocious defense in the first game and the first two games maybe but he actually did he actually stepped it up he had a few blocks on Montrez uh he was protecting the paint you know relatively well to my expectations for Jokic um and he stepped it up on that end so I I, I did notice that that's you know something to note you when, when you say offensive superstars and offensive weapons on the likes of Steph LeBron Harden all of these guys, right, they're, they're players who can not only get it for themselves, but they elevate the people around him. And if that's not what Jokic does, I don't know what the hell he's doing out there because Jokic is a dude who definitely, you look at the players around him, Jeremy Grant is not doing a whole lot for you on offense, but he's become a damn good cutter now because Jokic is finding him on when he's getting double teamed. So I, I'm i kind of with that, man. I think when we talk about the offensive superstars in the NBA, Jokic has to be in that conversation. If he if he if he hasn't entered at this point, I don't know what more he'd have to do to enter that conversation. So, going back to the Clippers, where do they go from here? Yeah, I, just, I mean, I'd want my first instinct is to you know get rid of Doc Rivers and change it up, but you know you look at the free agent market, it's just not that appealing to what my players you know what would suit them you have Mike D'Antoni Kenny Atkinson Jason Kidd maybe guys like that so uh, I mean other than that what Eddie brought up I mean I'm pursuing Giannis I'm pursuing Giannis I'm trying to change it up a little bit and uh, yeah I mean I'm trying to make my second superstar Giannis rather than uh, excuse me PG so that's what I'm doing I'm going to completely disagree with you and Because I think, the, the, again, the Clippers' ultimate downfall for me had nothing to do with their talent. Chemistry. It had everything to do with... Um, <coughs> and when we even think about a thing like chemistry, right? Chemistry is something that can be developed, but it has to be earned. And I don't think the Clippers just simply didn't do enough to earn that chemistry. I feel like if you go to that team, and, and if I'm Doc Rivers, right, the first thing I go into that locker room and I look at each of those dudes in the face, I say, remember this feeling. Remember this feeling right here. Go on Twitter. See what everybody's saying about you. Remember this. And when we come back next season, when you're working out in the off season, when you're pumping the weights, (laughs) you're not going to be here anymore. Remember this feeling when you're in Milwaukee. Um, But no, I say you take this exact same group of guys and you influx a little bit of a sense of urgency. And this is a championship team. There's a reason why they were the clear cut favorite. This is the most talented team in basketball. Even when you have the Brooklyn Nets next year, they still have a solid argument to be the most talented team in basketball. No, I agree with that, and I see your point, but what would Giannis bring? Giannis brings hustle. Giannis brings, you know, grittiness. Giannis, for for as much, you know, crap as I give Giannis, Giannis does bring, you know, heart and grittiness, which, you know, they're missing. Right. They're missing that. But I think that's one of those things that you can, it's a a mentality thing. It's not like, you know, that's not something that can be instilled within people given the right culture. They didn't have a culture of that. But you, you, you create that sort of culture around the team. I think that's a championship team. And my hesitation when it comes to Giannis, right? 
is what we saw play out in these playoffs. And one of the great things about the Clippers, and Eddie, you talked about this from the jump, is that they have just so many weapons that can kill you so many different ways. And we talked about this last episode, layers to your game. Come playoff time, the dudes who have the most layers, they're going to have the most success. Why would I send out a dude who has multiple layers to his game for a guy who's pretty one-dimensional. Because playoff P is playoff P. He is playoff P. <laughs> Do we no, want to talk I, about that? No, I, but I see your point there. Yeah, I, I, I honestly want to get into that, man, because at this point, is it even a narrative, or is Paul George just not good to come playoffs? Eddie? I guess not. Um, it's just like, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where the whole team just shit the bed. And Paul George I'm, is, is, is very much a part of that. And I don't know... If it's fair to say that this is just something on to, to, to tack on to the resume of Paul George. It happens all the time, though. It happens all the time. Because, like, he, he's had playoff series in the past when he was on the Pacers, even on the Thunder last year, where it doesn't seem like he just lost the fight like he did. Like, he just stopped fighting in this series, it seems like. He just stopped fighting in the second half. Um, at least with OKC and in the past, you know, he, he would struggle maybe, but, you know, he, he'd still play with conviction. And he didn't play with that conviction in this game, like I said, with the rest of the Clippers. It it feels like such a team thing, like a really a team disease that just brought them down. Mm-hmm. It's almost hard to pin it on uh, any individual, even if we talk about Kawhi as a leader. And, and I think maybe that's why I, I would say, you know, give it a fresh start. And, you know, I can see your point, Reagan, but, you know, giving it a fresh start, shipping out those uh, veterans like, uh, Pat Bev, Montrez, Lou Will, maybe in a trade for Giannis and PG. I just feel like that would freshen up the whole, you know, team dynamic. And Kawhi is still, you know, relatively young. Giannis is obviously super young. So I just, I just feel like maybe trying to build, you know, actually build something maybe. And it sounds cliche, but I, I think that's the direction I would. It's go just in. insane that we talked about Milwaukee, how they were like on the top tops for like two years and now we're talking about maybe Milwaukee has to look at blowing it up the Clippers just you know built themselves into this at the beginning of the season now Mm -hmm. we're already writing their will it's like yeah I I cannot remember no I will never you know forget the night that I was driving home on the on the 101 freeway and you know I got a notification saying Paul George Mm. and Kawhi you know are joining up for the Clippers I'm like it's over I was I was in Memphis I was in Memphis at the time it was really late at night and somehow my dad was up too and he runs upstairs like what the hell is this and that shot I think I called you you called me I was I was at a Monterey Bay. It was like midnight for me, so it must have been three a.m. Yeah, and I and I you know again credit to the Nuggets because you know it's congrats to them. They proved me wrong a little bit because I thought the only team that could you know maybe beat uh, uh, the Clippers was you know maybe the Rockets, maybe the Celtics in the finals. But I mean, there you have it. The Nuggets Nuggets got them. Let's talk about Kawhi, y'all. I think it, it, it warrants at least, and this is going to be a conversation that gets passed around a lot tomorrow and in the coming weeks, but prior to this, right, after Kawhi wins the championship in Toronto, people were ready to crown him. They, were, they weren't they were all the way there yet. Some people were. But I was. I was already there. They, they, they were ready to put <laughs> the crown on top of his head. This is the new best player in the NBA. When the aliens come down, we give them Kawhi Leonard, not LeBron James. Well, when when KD's healthy, when Katie's it's healthy, KD, it's KD. Is he top five? Oh my God! Yes. Stop. Stop. Who's who? I mean, who else? Who else? It's LeBron. Are you counting KD? Yes. Okay. KD, uh, Luca, James Harden, and him. 
And Steph. Or okay, Steph above, above James Harden. I don't know, man. I don't really count guys who are injured, but yeah, that, that that's top five. Because to me, Kawhi Leonard. You was, put him, you put him below Giannis. No, I don't put him below Giannis. Oh. Well, mm, yeah, okay, for for me with Kawhi Leonard, the reason why I always put him in the top five is because you know even top three, right? Is because the results always reign supreme in my mind. When you pull the results, I'll see how you did it later, and that'll be of some concern to me. But at the end of the day, your results are going to speak for itself, right? And Kawhi Leonard was a guy to me is like, okay, there's not a whole lot of like, you know, crazy stuff to his game, but the results don't lie. But if these are the results that you're now producing, second round exits when you're the leader of a team as talented as this, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a, there's a conversation to be I had. I mean, James, James Harden has the same thing. You're going to put James Harden? That's why I, I'm not that. Okay, like so you, that's but like, who's your top five then? LeBron is number one. Kevin Durant is number two. That's fair. That's, um, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I can't really argue with those guys. I mean, hmm. even though I put Kawhi above LeBron, I mean, that, that's fine. They're, those guys are interchangeable for me. I almost want to say Luka Doncic is damn near three, man. I almost want to say he's three. Over Steph? Steph no, is just recency bias because I just haven't seen him do it recently, right? Um, I mean, even if you put put Steph, Luca, and there, there's no other answer, it has to be Kawhi. Even even if you're going by that log, log logic, I suppose. I mean, in this postseason, has Giannis and Kawhi done anything differently in the ways they've gone out? Uh, Kawhi was still balling. I'm doing the averages. Kawhi right dropped now. 14 points tonight. I know. That's. I mean, that's obviously. It's a one game sample, right? But yeah. it's just like, man. The results don't lie to me, man. The result, I mean, that that's always reigned supreme in my mind. I don't know, Eddie. Yeah. I guess, well, I'll, I'll start by saying that I never understood the coronation of Kawhi Leonard because two off-seasons ago when he tr- got traded to Toronto and he didn't play for, um, he basically didn't play that Spurs season, I feel like people almost forgot about him um, because the Spurs were still okay. Um, the whole Kawhi kind of uh, circus was going on in San Antonio, and there was a lot of, you know, discontent there. Um, he kind of goes to Toronto, and people don't know how to feel about him. They don't know whether he's still his old self. They don't know whether he can prove himself. Um, and last year, he wins a championship because he was good, sure, but also a lot of confluence events, like a lot of good luck, a lot of good teammates, a really good coach, and a really good system. And all of a sudden, going into this past off season. Everyone's talking about him like he is uh, 1B to LeBron's 1A, that he is just as deserving as uh, LeBron of like running a team and commanding attention and being like the center of the NBA almost, like the king of kings, um, and not, not even talking about LeBron as king. But it just that it all kind of seemingly came out of nowhere to me. And But my thing is there's no other option as the best player. Is world. that like what we're talking? Like it, to me, that's a sad day when we're talking about. Well, we can't say anyone else, so let's go ahead and say Kawhi Leonard. And to me, like what LeBron's been able to accomplish with this team, far supersedes right. Because in Kawhi, in our mind with Kawhi Leonard, it was almost an inevitability, right? What was coming, and that's why we had him on this pedestal. If we went into the season not knowing anyone in the NBA, right? What if we introduced basketball to a new person who had never watched before, didn't know any of the narratives surrounding any of the players? Who's looking at Kawhi Leonard like a top five player? Bro is balling. I mean, he's he, still he averaging. sat out like what twenty games? Went out in the second round of the playoffs to the Denver Nuggets. That guy who knows nothing of Kawhi Leonard's past would have looked at him this year and been like, maybe top ten. 
Sure. I mean, there's I mean, no other have... answer, though. There's no other answer. I, I I wish there was a guy like Kobe or, you know. And, of course, the context matters of what you've done in the past. But, I don't know, looking at this season in a vacuum, it's like, really, what did Kawhi do this year? Besides shake up everything in terms of getting Paul George and this group of players to the Clippers, what did he accomplish? Put out a sneaker? <laughs> right. It made some commercials? And this is like, I, I don't want to make this the Kawhi Leonard bash show, but it's like, if you're going to elevate yourself to this level and, and you know, LA our way, new king in town, I'm the dude, I'm making moves, I'm making, uh, you know, under the table deals, I'm getting Kawhi or Paul George to my team, dudes are giving up four first round picks, I'm running stuff, you gotta put something out better than this. Yeah, 14 no. games, you would never see yeah. LeBron put out 14 points in a game it's, seven. It's deservingly so. I mean, all, all this, you know, criticism, it, he deserves it. He deserves it. But I, I, I guess just my point is just, I mean, he's just way too good to not put him in the top five. Uh, I mean, I think we can conclude that, and this goes away from the Kawhi topic a little bit, but the process still remains the process. And I feel like this game showed that you can't really cheat the process. Nope. Um, it doesn't matter, like, if you're the Clippers this year, um, you just kind of daddled throughout the year. Um, it's still going to come back and bite you. Um, it, it bit the Warriors last year to kind of just sleepwalk through the season. Um, it bites a lot of teams who think that they can rest on their talent and not try and not give a damn. And um, I think it, it's funny. I don't know whether it's coincidental or whether it's because like you, you actually need you know the effort or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. But the process still remains and, the process. Yeah, and again, that that's to me that's on Kawhi. He has to grow as a leader, obviously, because you know for for as much as he can not seemingly you know his face quote unquote care about a game. I mean, he's still going to go out there and perform well, but not a lot of guys are like him. So he still, you know, needs to learn how to, whether you're taking the Kobe route, which is, you know, bash guys in practice, or taking the LeBron route, you know, where you're, you know, you know, uh, getting more guys involved, you know, getting the team to do, you know, different things. You, he has to learn how to be a better leader and galvanize the troops. Mm. Um, so he, he just didn't do that. And I mean, this is the result. So Both points are very well said, y'all. I want to move on to this Lakers Nuggets series because... Now we're now that we're here. Western Conference. Woo! Going to the I'll flip you guys this. We're going to the final. And you know, obviously we'll get to predictions. This segue kind of forces your prediction. It feels to me like we're kind of headed for this crash course of a Lakers Celtics finals. Yeah. And I know I predicted the Heat to win and they did get game one today. We'll get that, but um I don't know. It almost feels a little bit destiny-ish that that the Lakers would play the Celtics in this weird year and in the year that Kobe passed away, it feels inevitable to me almost thoughts on that. Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I I totally agree. Um, Even though, you know, we'll get to Miami, but Miami won game one. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it would be something special, special to watch. And, you know, if if that happens, it wouldn't be your traditional Lakers versus Clippers series. Um, Or Celtics. I mean, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We don't get one of those. (laughs) (laughs) A a Lakers versus Celtics final. Um, But yeah, I mean, that would be a spectacle to watch. Definitely. Definitely. I just wouldn't prognosticate again because we did this with the Clippers. We yep. thought it was inevitable, and you never know, especially with this Nuggets team. It's in the bubble and the Miami team. And yeah, the Miami team. That's true. That's true. Maybe what you did say was right, Reagan. You just see some wild outcomes. Just see some wild outcomes in that bubble. Hey, man, that the nothing's. Uh, this is the first thing that's been wild to me though. 
Really? The Clippers. The Clippers. Okay, because you did see Milwaukee coming, right? Yeah. Um, I think we've exhausted the Clippers. There's there, there's so much to talk about. It. We'll be here all <laughs> yeah. night. Um, but I do want to get to this. Predictions. This. this yeah, we'll, we'll go. Okay. Yeah, let's do predictions. Let's do predictions. I have Rock, or Lakers in. As well as Jamal Murray and Jokic are playing, I'll give them six games. I'm Lakers six. in six. Uh, six, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Am I willing to go Nuggets in seven again? <laughs> Yo, no way. I don't know because I wasn't convicted. Last, uh, I didn't, not convicted. I didn't speak it with conviction last time, but did predict. How, 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 did, how did your Rockets, I told you I'd tease you about this. How did the Rockets? We'll, we'll get to that. I, want, I do want to get to okay. that. Okay, okay. I don't know. The, the Lakers are clearly the better team here. And, and LeBron, you know, LeBron's more experienced. And, you and know, they, they have the fire, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, AD's obviously, you know, defensive. Not, he wasn't like, defensive at player At the same of the year. time, we've also, we, ha- we haven't seen the Lakers play their best basketball. Uh, they played they a play. damn good perimeter de- uh, defensive job on They did, James but, yeah, but their best basketball. And I think that it means, like, guys hitting their shots and when you me, need them like, to. The level that they played against the Rockets, um... I feel like they'd still need they they would need to play better to beat the Nuggets, hmm. mm. and the thing is they can because they have the talent and the firepower too. It's just that they have to reach it. The thing that worried me about the Lakers, right, and the reason why I think that they've been so successful thus far, is because the Lakers are a team that's built that if you need to shut down one or two dudes, you can do that pretty easily because you have the firepower of a guy like Anthony Davis and you can key in with, you know, good, pretty solid perimeter defenders. LeBron when he wants to be, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo when he wants to be, right? You can key in on one or two dudes and shut that down. But with a team like the Clippers, everyone's kind of fending for themselves. And I got worried about that. Um, I'd worry about that against the Celtics. But against this Nuggets team, if you need to key in on a Jokic and a Jamal Murray and say, if we take these guys out of the game, and we talked about how Jokic is a dude who's damn near impossible to take out of the game. Um, when we talk about a guy like Jamal Murray, I feel like uh, the Lakers can do a decent job yes, of containing yeah. him. And, 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 and this is why I feel like they need a wing perimeter score, not just a perimeter score. And obviously their perimeter scoring comes from Jamal Murray mostly, but you obviously need... Uh, more than one dude but it's not it's not only that you need a a guy who has length and you know won't have trouble with you know guys like Paul George or just guys with long arms sounds familiar (laughs) sounds sounds real familiar I think they have a guy like that you know no but I mean I mean that that's the thing though like I I just they need a wing scorer a a guy who's like a small forward type a guy guy who wants to be involved in (laughs) offense more perhaps (laughs) no it's it's MPJ but it's a question of whether or not he'll be that because on a night to night basis it's not dependent when he's on it's great and credit to guys like Gary Harris who you know, he was hurt throughout the bubble. He came back and, you know, he has had very, very good uh, uh, series in the playoffs and good games in the bubble. Uh, he's shot the ball extremely well. Grant has shot the ball well. Uh, Millsap, you know, performed well in, in times when they needed him. But that's just not consistent at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I got the Lakers in six. I think if it goes seven, Denver probably – they're like if it goes seven, there's a reason why it goes seven, mm. and that would be dangerous for the Lakers. But I, I, th- this series, this series is going to be four or five if Anthony Davis is attacking and is the best player in the series. I'll, I mean, you guys all said Lakers in six. I think, I think that's like the most reasonable outcome. So I'll go with that. Okay, Lakers in six across the board. Yeah. All right. Um, before we get out of here, other things did happen in basketball other than this. 
the the Rockets series obviously got finished. We talked about how the Lakers are going to be in the Western Conference Finals, but we haven't spoken since the Lakers closed it out with the Rockets. Eddie, you did think that the Rockets would play a little bit better. Um, why do you think that the, the series went the way it did, um, them only getting one game? Well, the Rockets should be thanking the Clippers because no one's going to be thinking about the Rockets anymore. Yeah. The Clippers won up them in, yeah. you know, the pathetic play. But the Rockets were pretty pathetic themselves. Um, the Lakers took away their plan A, which was essentially hard and do stuff, and they couldn't come up with a plan B. <laughs> Um, and, and not and this is not even like you know the third or fourth or fifth option. They they didn't have a second option. The Lakers took away what they do, and Houston decided. Well, I guess I'm just gonna stop trying. Yeah. And that was just really disappointing to me that in the last couple of games Houston took less three than the threes than the Lakers. Yeah. They just decided not to be disciplined anymore. They decided you know not to stick to what they do best. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. They just they just totally cowered away. And and James Harden said we we were one piece away. Seems like every team is one piece away. And I mean, how are you gonna get that one piece? With you know what with what assets, Russell Westbrook. I mean that's a terrible. I contract. think he was saying that ironically, <laughs> like he was so, saying we're one piece away. Russell, you're the one piece. I need you to start playing uh, better. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they, they, again, this is another team who needs to diversify guys on offense, not just guys who can shoot threes. Because again, all the Lakers were doing is very simple defense. They were doubling James Harden when he brought the ball up the court, which is about 19 seconds. Then he would get the ball back. At like you know 12 to 10 seconds they double him again and then you know he'd he'd be forced to pass it to his teammates and they can't really create a shot for themselves so it wasn't even that though but like there was no cutting there was no like especially on a double team like someone has to move and, yeah. and that's where Westbrook sh- you know that's where he should thrive yeah. and it just didn't happen it didn't happen yeah, yeah. all right um Keep it pushing. Last but not least, obviously we saw another really good game today. The best game today. The best game today. Yeah, it got pretty ugly at the end of this game. But Miami and the Celtics played the first game of their series. And from the looks of it, y'all, this is going to be a hell of a series. I, I cannot be happier, you know, if I'm wrong with both of these series. Obviously, the Nuggets won. I predicted the Clippers. I also predicted the Celtics to beat the, the Heat. And I'd be so happy if Miami, you know... Uh, uh, get, gets to beat the Celtics because when it went to overtime, my first thought was Miami's pulling this maybe not easily, but they're gonna you know, they're gonna pull this dub out for sure, and just because you know they're more experienced, they have more grittiness, and obviously the Celtics put up a great fight. And this is the playoff series that I love to watch. Teams going back and forth, just scoring on each other. Both teams are playing tremendous defense, in my opinion. And yet, I mean, Kemba found a way to score. Jimmy Butler was hitting clutch threes. Uh, he, he drove to the, to the basket one time on Jason Tatum, got an and one. I mean, this is the playoffs. This is the play, type of you know, game I love to watch. Everybody just going back and forth, different options. It, it, was, it was so amazing to watch. But but the end of the game defines what Miami is. Mm. Bam. That block, again, it's just, it just goes to say their grittiness, their toughness. I just, I, I love this series. It, you know, if this series continues to play out like, like it did today, it's going to be amazing. I think it's not even close, right? Like, watching the East... Uh, Eastern Conference teams play versus watching the West like aesthetically it's just so much more fun to watch Mm. the teams in the East right Um, 
But that being said, Miami really had a great game today, and Boston had them on the ropes in the first quarter, and I was yeah. just about ready to be like, okay, Miami has no chance. And I still kind of feel that way because, again, everything Miami does, um, it's stuff that Boston can counter. Um, they're so versatile on defense. They can switch screens. They can switch dribble handoffs. Um, they can really counter anything Miami does. And then on offense, there's just so much more talent on Boston's side than on Miami. And the only thing that will do Boston in is if they lose concentration. And that means if on offense they decide to just go one-on-one Tatum, one-on-one Kemba, and they lose any sort of flow. And on defense, if they lose concentration, meaning lose Miami on back cuts, lose them on handoffs. And that's what happened in the second quarter. And it happened again in the fourth quarter. Um, And that being said, Miami still shot a really, really uh, great percentage today from three. Another great Jay Crowder. But can but can we just accept like this? These aren't anomalies, though. I don't. This is just this is the team. I've been saying this team can can score from all levels. Eddie, everything that you just said is nothing that I disagree with. But there's one thing that you just didn't take into account, which is. Is the it's an X factor, man. There's intangible qualities yeah, about this heat guys team step up. that puts them over the top. But and the we, thing is, we, I don't I don't think that the that separator compared to Boston because Boston plays damn good in terms of like the execution and in terms of like, uh, all of that as I well. I mean, in what you're talking about is like again, a hundred percent agree. These are things that should happen. This is how these things should play out, right? If we ran a simulation, it would happen like this eighty percent of the time. Milwaukee should have beaten the Miami Heat. Oh, undoubtedly. The Miami Heat yeah. should not be here right now, but there's just a certain quality about this team that yes. just puts them over the edge, and it's hard to place your finger on because it's like the talent isn't it. It's just something about the, the culture and, that they've yeah. developed there, man. I was gonna, I was going to touch on the culture. They know exactly, you know, the the they know their identity, who they are, what they're going to do, what they expect from their coach. And going to Eddie's point about you know, getting distracted or what'd you say, losing focus? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's the difference between these two teams. Obviously, I, I don't want to say their leader is Jason Tatum, but he, he's their best player. They had a few bad possessions in the fourth quarter and in overtime where I'm fine with you guys going one-on-one. Just don't do, you know, step backs five feet behind the three or, you know, take some, you know, there, there's objectively bad shots sometimes. And when it goes to Miami, you know, it's not just Jimmy Butler, go save us. It's Tyler Hero three, Goran Dragic pick and roll. Then maybe, you know, when we don't have another option here, Jimmy, we know what we're going to do on every single play. It's not just, you know, uh, one-on-one every single time. And, and that's what, you know, having guys like Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum is great. And, you know, I'm I'm all for that. I'm one of the biggest proponents for that, to have those guys. But there's something to be said about knowing your own identity, what you're going to do in certain situations. And, and I mean, Brad Stevens said it perfectly, uh, that the Miami Heat team kind of reminds me and, and him of the Warriors, how they move off screens and how how they just move off the ball and shoot the shoot the three. Obviously, they don't have a guy like Steph, but, you know, they have weapons. They have weapons, man. They have weapons. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, again, that's why, like, I love watching them. I love watching that execution. Um, that being said, they've gotten as uh, they've gotten here because, again, like, they know their identity and, and they play hard and they play that way. But I still think that the team with the better talent here is going to win out. And I said the thing about the Clippers, but the Celtics don't have the mentality of the Clippers. No, I, they they, they've got infinitesimally a lot, a lot more fight in them. And 
I think just throughout the series, we'll see really good games. But I think Boston will at some point just be a little bit too overwhelming. Hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to dispute that. But again, and I, this, this is why I picked the Heat to win. Jimmy Butler's clutch. I mean, there's no reason why Jimmy Butler... I saw him take two stupid shots. And one of them was the three that he made, right? Where he pump fakes and then the guy literally closed it out. And it's like, if you're playing 2K, that would have been like a heavily contested three. He drains it. And then he goes and he, he goes, I think it was with Jason Tatum, double clutch, and finishes one, the layup, yeah. and one layup. And it's like, damn, those are, those are championship it's plays. Great. Bam out of bios block, championship plays, man. They make championship plays when it counts. And you, you, I mean, when it's happened as consistently as it has for the Heat, you got it, like you said. It's not an anomaly at this point. That team makes championship plays. That's who they are, yeah. That's who that's they, who are. they are. That That's why, you know, if I again, if I wasn't from L.A., that would be my favorite team. But I got the Lakers. All right, man. I think that's going to do it for this episode. We went a little bit over time, but oh, yeah. today is a day, or tonight oh, yeah. is a night of we celebration. We're going to be celebrating. Yes. Yeah. Fireworks in the street. Fireworks in the streets. We're throwing a parade. Can we throw the championship parade right now? Yeah. <laughs> COVID safe parade. COVID yeah. safe parade. Yes, everyone's six feet apart. That'll cover literally the entirety of Los Angeles if everyone in LA stood six feet apart. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, go check out the social media. That's get, that's fully up and running now. We got all the stuff situated. So at SQR1 Media for the the entire media outlet at SQR1 Hoops for a Hoop and Holler specific experience. Thank you guys, like I said, so much for tuning in. Go Lakers. Go Clippers. We'll see you. So close, y'all. We'll see you next time.